What's up, everyone? It's the Love, the Jam, the podcast. I'm Chapon, coming to you as always with Rob. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing okay. It's cold and rainy in Michigan. Uh, and the Thanksgiving break is over, which is kind of depressing. I just called it break, even though I'm, I'm long out of school, but it, that's what it felt like. Uh, but the Clippers are, are looking really good uh, for the most part, um, outside of that one loss to the Spurs, which we'll get to in a bit. It's cold and snowing out here in Iowa, and I had no such break. So I was working. <laughs> I was working I've worked, worked the last like seven nights in a row. So that, that, I had no break, but wow. it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I still had potlucks with uh, people. And I've been working nights, so I still had potlucks with people in the hospital. It was still fun. I had my share of turkey, so it was still fun. It's the first, actually, Thanksgiving I haven't been in L.A. for in multiple years. So I miss it a little bit, but I'll be back home for Christmas, so I'm excited for that. And the Clippers dropped 150 on the Wizards. Not really the most surprising um, outcome, if I'm being totally honest. 125 to 150, the Clippers won. Everyone played pretty well. I mean... It was just the Wizards are, are the Wizards are a bad defensive team, man. But they're like historically bad. They're like yeah. really, really bad. It felt like a scrimmage. Yeah. It was a lot like the Hawks game in many ways, where it just felt like the team was just running up and down the floor and getting whatever yeah. they want. There was no defense really had. Yeah, no, that was a, a very weird game. Not really much to take away from it, I don't think. Yeah, I, I love that the the Wizards are kind of unleashing Davis Bertans because he's a badass. And he was always kind of like a, a nice, nicely utilized sniper for the Spurs, but now he really has a green light. And he torched us a little bit for 20 points, six threes. Um, the, the Wizards in general, uh, Hachimura looked really good. I thought that he looked very much like a lottery pick, and he looked quite good. His body type actually reminds me more of Paul George than Kawhi Leonard. I remember Kawhi Leonard had the comp in uh, from, I think, Billups in the draft, and it was kind of funny. But you can see it a little bit more, um, and he didn't seem to back down from the defensive assignment either, which was good. And the Wizards the Wizards look nice offensively, but they're terrible defensively. Isaiah Thomas has gone worse on defense. Um, and Bradley Beal is just out there just trying to do his thing, and he continues to be a virtuoso, but that team is really, really bad um, defensively. Woof, really bad. Yeah, that was – yeah. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, Thomas Bryant is just – you just run them and pick right, them up. Right, yeah. And yeah. you just score. Um, <laughs> it's it's really grisly. Um, Hodgson Moore is interesting. We had a couple of Twitter questions about him, I think, actually. Um, he played really well, um, but I worry about him because – I think he's kind of a tweener in a bad way and mm. that I don't really know what position he's going to defend. Um, he definitely seems too slow to be a wing. Right. He sure. to be more of a big man, but I don't really trust his defensive instincts as a big man or rim protector. Um, and his shot is, he shot well yesterday, but his shot in general has not been good. He's still really young. Um, you know, obviously he's a rookie. Um, you know, I think he's 21, maybe 22. So, you know, not not to write him off or anything. I just I worry about him. You know, defensively and and his feel for the game on offense. Uh, but he can absolutely score, um, no doubt right. about that. And uh, he scored a lot yesterday. Uh, but the Clippers, I don't think, were really trying that hard on defense either. No. Um, they just for like five minute stretches, they would just play some defense and and surge ahead by like ten points because the Wizards uh, could not stop them ever. So yeah, it was it was really not there was really not that much to take away. And Paul George and Kawhi were awesome. 
Lou and Trez were awesome, but um, you know, the Wizards are just so bad defensively. I don't, yeah, I don't even know really what else to say about it. Like I, like you said, it was really just more of a yeah. There was really really not much to say. Paul Paul George was hot early, cooled yeah. off late, and Kawhi was kind of the opposite. So it was a, it was fun. All all four guys scored twenty plus, and between the four of them, they had a hundred plus <laughs> by mm-hmm. themselves. So that goes to say uh, something. For the Clippers, no one else scored in double digits, but I don't feel like anybody else played poorly. Terrence Mann had some nice flashes. Even Rome had some nice plays. Um, Mo Harkless was just his usual steady self, and yeah. it's just just a just a fun game, really. Even Kevin Gelly had a had a little bit of a, a nod in there, but he didn't he didn't look good really. But no. he played and got up shots, which he tends to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say about this. One fifty is a lot of points. But I mean, I I don't think that I don't I don't feel like the Clippers played particularly impressively. Honestly, I think they just kind no. of got buckets in. No, I mean I think their offense did look pretty crisp, but it's easy to look crisp when you're playing against a team that plays absolutely no defense. Um, defensively, I thought they were. Eh. I mean, the Wizards are great offensively too. Um, so I don't necessarily know if that's an indictment on the Clippers, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they played that great. I certainly think they played better against, like, the Hawks. Um, Even though the Hawks are probably actually even worse than the Wizards, I thought the Clippers were just much sharper on that one, and that was really not just a beatdown, but, you know, a true demolishing, whereas yesterday was kind of just like a track meet that the Clippers were able to kind of race out ahead and and just stay ahead. So Yeah, I mean, the Clippers won by like 50 in that Hawks game. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was a different caliber mm-hmm. of beat down. Um, it kind of looked like it would become that. The Wizards fought their way, I wouldn't say back into it, because I don't think there was ever a moment that it looked like the Clippers were going to lose or really even have to sweat for it. But um I guess garbage time is only like four minutes instead of like 14 minutes. Right. Um, right. So I think that was basically the difference, but yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much else to say about that. And um, the game before that was, and now it's their only loss in the past nine games um, on the road in San Antonio. I believe you did not watch this one live, did you? No, I, I didn't. Actually, this is the first game that I didn't just watch in its entirety, even afterwards. I, I watched the condensed game on Lee Pass, which pretty much just covers all the made shots. And I didn't really want to – I was box watching this game while I was working. And it, it, it didn't really give me the desire to watch, to watch it. It looks like everybody – Pretty much everybody just played poorly. Trez had a, you know, a decent game, but not really even by his standards. Kawhi shot badly. Paul George was even worse. Lou was really, really bad. Yeah. Um. I and I and I didn't really watch it. And it's. Did you end up watching this whole thing, Rob? I did not either. Um. So Friday <laughs> yeah. night, I was in Pittsburgh for the weekend. Um. For with my family for Thanksgiving and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was having leftovers with my family. It was like a family dinner. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go away. I checked the score a few times and checked Twitter. It seemed like they were playing really badly. They never really seemed to make much of a run. Um, you know, I watched the highlights after the game, and then like you, I watched, you know, most of the condensed game um, mm-hmm. over the next couple of days. Uh, again, I mean, I just don't know. You know, it's it's tough because we're doing a podcast, but – um, you know, there's some games that I don't know if there's just that much to say. I mean, I thought 
the San Antonio Spurs, I don't think even played that well. No. Um, you know, they, they shot 43%. Were, yeah. I mean, the Clippers are just awful really mm. from start to finish. Um, I don't think outside of Jermichael Green, uh, who we'll talk about a little bit later, not a single one of them played well on either end of the court. I don't think um, the defense wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. The offense was super stagnant. Um, so many, so many turnovers. Really, um, it looked a lot like how they were playing a few weeks ago when they were just mm-hmm. racking up turnovers left and right. Um, really didn't look like they'd played together very much suddenly. Um, after looking pretty good for the past couple weeks, um, just lots of weird turnovers and guys being in the wrong spots and careless dribbles and um, yeah, I mean, in games when, when PG and Lou are that bad, um, the Clippers are probably not going to win, barring like a Herculean effort from Kawhi or other players on the roster. Mm-hmm. And they did certainly did not get that, yes, um, on Friday. So compare that with probably maybe the worst game Paul George will play all season, hopefully. Probably. Um, and probably one of the worst games Lou will play all season. And, you know, it's just it's a loss. It was a tough loss. Um, but on the road in San Antonio, I mean, it's, it's certainly not the worst loss of the season, even if the Spurs aren't very good right now. Yeah. I think the Spurs are better than their record too. Like we kind of talked about a few weeks ago when the Clippers had a really kind of a tough home win against them. I I, I don't think the Spurs will be this bad. Maybe they might not make the playoffs. I still think they will, but we'll, we'll see. I don't think they're quite as bad as they are right now. They're six under 500. This was not the worst loss to me. I I mean, the Clippers clearly did not look particularly sharp, but um, these games happen, especially on the road, especially against a well-prepared team, especially against a team that knows Kawhi like really well. So I'm not I'm not too mad about it. It's a bummer, but it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, these kinds of games do happen. You know, you wish they don't, but it's a long season. And, you know, great teams lose. When you look at all these teams that have all this talent, like, you know, the big three, I don't think in Miami is a great comp for the Clippers because the thing that's supposed to separate the Clippers from the recent, um, you know, superstar-laden, dynasties is their depth and the big three heat by and large had no depth whatsoever mm-hmm. um but i mean they had lebron james in his prime the best player of all time in my opinion um and in prime chris bosh hall of famer and have just passed prime Dwayne wade still an all-star and at least like an acceptable level of supporting casts for a, a few of those years and I don't. Did they ever win sixty games? I think maybe I once. I don't. I don't think they did. Yeah, and it's like that. You know, they had the greatest player of all time playing at his greatest level of all time, and they, they lost had that, like they, twenty they had plus that, games. They had that one insane um, winning streak. But yeah. I still don't think that they won sixty plus. I have to check. Now I'm kind of curious. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think they might have won year, but still, like you know. Even those teams, and, you know, you can point to other teams. You can point to some of the stacked Boston years um, when Doc was there in the early two, uh, late 2000s and early 2010s with their original big three. Um, you know, the Warriors have lost, you know, 20 games or oh. more in a couple of their dominant seasons. Like, you know, teams just lose some nights in the NBA, and I don't think it's really anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, some of the trends, which are that the offense does 
get a little stagnant sometimes. And I think George and, and Leonard are definitely still learning how to play together. I think those are, you know, more actual issues. But I think like just a game like the Clippers played in San Antonio is really n- not a cause for concern at all. The Heat won uh, 66 games one year. The year that they beat the Spurs, that was the year that they, I think they were on the win streak that lo- that yeah. lost in Milwaukee. Um, wow, they won 66 games. For some reason, I didn't think that they won that many games. I do remember now because I was hoping the Spurs would beat them in the finals because I thought it would be great uh, for that team to lose despite having the best season that they had and having a near 70-win season. But uh, they did win 66 games. There's a lot of games. That, that That's a lot pretty, of games. And yeah. then you think about it, and that's still 16 losses. Um, <laughs> so, you know, every team has, you know, their fair share of bad nights. And, you know, that's one of the better teams in recent memory. They lost 16 games. Uh, this Clippers team is not that good. <laughs> no. Um, and they're going to lose games. And I thought the Spurs was just uh, one of those nights in the NBA that you just lose. Um not necessarily excusing the play. I thought everybody was really bad um, outside of, again, to Michael Green. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it happens. Um, did you have anything else you really want to talk about with that one? Not really. I mean, Jermichael Green's probably worth talking about since we went through that first game and he did get hurt. He took a pretty bad fall. Yeah. It, it looked like a bruise. He didn't hit his head, which is the best part of it. Um, but he took a pretty nasty fall. I, I would imagine he maybe would be out a couple of games. I, I can't. I don't think he'll be out much more than that. Just from eyeballing it, it's probably. Just, I mean, a contusion is just a bruise, really. So um, he had a bad fall. He'll probably be a little ginger. You could tell afterwards too. He was trying. He was. He was favoring his hip a little bit. So it's most likely. Most likely a bruise. Fingers crossed. It's only a couple of games and not longer. We know how Doc can be in this coaching staff and this medical staff about keeping players out longer maybe and being more cautious but we need green he's a pretty important part of this team so yeah uh jermichael has been great really really good all season um again really the only guy to show up in that spurs game was playing well against the wizards uh, before he got injured um yeah has this been his rebounding in particular has been huge all year for the team that um, you know, has struggled on the glass at times, um, you know, frequently goes small with Montrezl Harrell. And it's one of the reasons why he's such a good partner with Harrell is because he's able to step up uh, defensively and on the glass and, and kind mm-hmm. of make up for that lack of Definitely. size. Definitely. And yeah, I mean, he's been really, really good. But yeah, I think the Clippers dodged a bolt there. That injury when he came down looked really bad. Yeah. Um, just from the sheer impact of it more than anything else. Um, like you said, he avoided hitting his head. It just seemed like he came down so hard. It like, right. he have, like injured something pretty badly in his back. Uh, but it seems like he avoided that. He'll probably just have a really nasty bruise um, for a week or two. But, you know, he's much tougher than I am. He'll be able to get over it. If that was me, I'd be laid up for, you know, weeks. Oh, but. yeah, I'd be done. I'd call it quits. I'd probably yeah. <laughs> take, take a month off. But yeah. uh, he got up and he did uh, – he had a fancy handshake with, with Trez and then he hit some free throws. So he – acted a little for wear and you know the Clippers didn't even call a timeout immediately they they I think yeah I think Paul George had a three-pointer and I think the I think the Wizards called a timeout I don't if I'm not incorrect but he was in the game for a moment too so I, I don't think that the team thinks it's too crazy but we'll, we'll see how that happens yeah, Michael I mean, has been yeah go ahead yeah I mean he's questionable for the game tomorrow like oh sure yeah yeah like I mean uh, 
I wouldn't think he'd play. They have another two days off before they play in Milwaukee. I mean, I'm guessing they might just give him tomorrow off, but I mean, it's against Portland. Portland's been kind of hot. Um, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me either way. I think he might be like a true 50-50, but the fact that he's even questionable, uh, he's he's going to be fine. Yeah, he's been great. And really, he's been great almost every game. His stat line really varies depending on whether or not he's hitting threes that game, but he's been nothing but fantastic. Um, we can talk about this Memphis game, which was also kind of not a great game. The Clippers were pretty much kind of messing around. Yeah. Uh, and Me- Memphis had a nice little streak of three-pointers in the fourth quarter. And then the Clippers locked down, came back, and won. Um, you know, I, I, I thought... I thought Trez was great. I thought Lou was off, but he did a good job keeping people involved. And mm-hmm. he had 13 assists, which I believe was career high for him. Pat Beverly, who had a really great all-around game, 6-11 and 7, 11 being assists. Yeah. So the playmaking was picked up a lot um, with Kawhi being out. And the the team in general, like, I don't know, this wasn't one of my favorite games of the year because I just no. felt like they were kind of just playing to their competition most of the time. But they turned it on in the fourth quarter and they were down – by 10 yeah again and and they came back and they won this game i thought that this was going to be just a bad loss but they came back and won so kudos to them i I definitely didn't think that they were going to come back and win this game yeah this is actually fun for me because this was the first game all year that i listened to the radio call oh Um, nice i was uh we were driving down to pittsburgh that day and uh i was in the car the entire drive uh the entire drive the entire game and I listened to no Eagle on the call. I thought he was uh, quite good. Um, you know, I'm really, in general, not a huge fan of the radio. I mean, I think when you grow up in the television era, it's hard to just go to radio. Right. Um, but I thought he did a good job. It, it was really exciting to listen to it. You know, I went back and watched a lot of the highlights and, you know, some of the key plays and stuff. But, I, you know, I think I got a pretty good picture of the game just from um, listening on the radio. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, probably more fun to listen on the radio, honestly, than to watch in person. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that's something they're going to do all year, which is that this team has proven that when, you know, when their backs are against the wall, they can get really tough and can come from 10 points down to win games. Um, but they've also shown an inclination to kind of play around with shitty teams. Um, you know, they've also had some blowouts, like the Wizards game, the Pelicans. Um, the Hawks, but they've had a lot of really close games against not great teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think we might see a lot of that, you know, especially with the way the injuries have been going with players going in and out and the Clippers not having a full complement of players. Uh, you know, it's not good that they keep, you know, giving, you know, cardiac city or cardiac clips or whatever you want to call <laughs> it. Um, but I think generally they haven't seemed particularly worried. Um, and their calmness and their coolness under fire in both tough situations and situations where maybe they put themselves in a bad spot, I think is is impressive and is something that will hopefully carry forward going throughout the season. Um, not too much to say about the Grizzlies. Um, Jonas Valanciunas is getting wasted on the Grizzlies. Um, <laughs> he's really good. A guy who I was not a fan of at all um, earlier in his career, I thought he was kind of an outdated big man. And, you know, in many ways he might still be, but he is really effective at what he does. Um, how, Don Morant, how, how concerning is uh, Jonas Valashunas and even like Derek Favors kind of eating the Clippers lunch in a couple of these games? I think Zoo has fallen off 
a little bit of late. Um, you know, he was so good for a lot of, you know, the past few weeks. I think that play has trailed off a little bit. Um, and that's kind of concerning. Um, at the same time, I mean, Valentinus is really good. Um, Favors is also really good. I mean, I think both those guys are just better than Zubats is um, mm-hmm. by a fair margin, too. So, I mean, to some extent, I mean, those are matchups you expect the Clippers to lose. Um, but I think with Zoo, it's really just can he hold down the fort in the minutes Trez doesn't play? Because, I mean, for as much as Clippers fans are calling for more Zoo, or, or at least we're calling for him a couple weeks ago, um, and I think there are matchups where he warrants getting more playing time. I mean, Trez has just been too good offensively to sit down for very long. Like, I mean, Zoo is never going to get more than like 22 minutes in a game, and that's at the very high end. Like, most nights he's going to get 14 to 17. Like, all he needs to do there is, you know, is hold down the fort. Now, I do think, you know, Trez against those bigger players, it's tough for him um, on both ends, and that is mm-hmm. an issue. But it's something the Clippers will have to live with if they're committed to playing him, you know, 30 minutes a night, and it seems like they are. Um, yeah. But, you know, against Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, um, Rudy Gobert, uh, you know, Clint Capella has given the Clippers huge issues issues um, so far this year. I mean, there are lots of tough big centers out there, and um, the Clippers so far haven't really had an answer for those guys. Yeah. It's kind of concerning, but... You know, it's just kind of thinking forward. The Grizzlies look like a young team. They ended the game by botching a corner three play for Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, And then they threw the ball towards the rim a little too closely uh, for John Morant. They're young. They have talent. They're probably going to be good in the future, but they're not quite there. They also lost a close game to the Lakers a couple days before. So um, they're they're a fun team. John Morant's going to be a lot of fun. he had a he had a great second half where he scored all mm-hmm. of his points in the second half, uh, and I'm a I'm a Jaron Jackson Jr. fan. What do you think about about Jer- Jaron Jackson Jr.? I mean, I love him. I mean, I thought mm-hmm. I thought he was pretty clearly the second best prospect in last year's draft. Um, yeah. I think right now Trey Young is is better, um, and he might be better, but I think in terms of upside, I mean, I think he's still clearly the second biggest upside to be a super superstar behind Luca, who already is a superstar. Um, you know, just because Trey Young is so bad on defense and really the upside for him is just being pretty bad on defense rather than like all time awful. Um and that's really damaging even at point guard. So I mean I think Jaron Jackson could be a monstrous defender who can also, you know, hit threes and run the court on offense. And that is, you know, Kevin Garnett light, you know, maybe very light, but still that's, um, that's quite a player. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's really good. I mean, he's still really inconsistent. The foul problems are an issue. I have him on my fantasy team. There are <laughs> half of his games. He plays under, you know, 20 minutes cause he gets in foul trouble. But once he gets that down, he adds a little bit more muscle. He stops biting on pump fakes a little bit. Um, and just as a little more consistent on a night-to-night basis, I think he's going to be a monster. Um, Jaw is much better than I thought he'd be. I mean, I thought he was Same. one of the best prospects in this draft. Uh, certainly super exciting. I think he's been more effective than I thought he'd be. 
Um, similarly there, I do worry a little bit about defense, um, but he's been good and he's super exciting. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're probably a couple years away. Um, I'd say maybe two years from now, they might start looking a little bit scary. But, you know, John and Jaron Jackson Jr., are, it's a really good core to have. Yep, that's really good. Clark looks like a steal, too. That's just um, yeah. going to be awesome. It's going to be a fun team. I'm looking forward to watching that team progress through the years. And really the highlight of the week was the game before the mm-hmm. Clippers winning in Dallas and really just winning end-to-end for the most part, particularly in the second half when they pulled away a bit. Um, this is probably the, you know, is this maybe the best game the Clippers have played all season? Hmm. It might be. Um yeah, I mean, I think it might be – it's certainly the best, I think, that they've had with a healthy roster since Paul George has come back. Because mm-hmm. um, they had some wins, but they weren't necessarily great. I mean, the Boston win and Houston win were both good, but I don't think they were quite as cleanly fought right. as the Dallas game was. Um, it's certainly their most impressive defensive showing of the year. Right, right, and, right. The I Mavericks think have this historic offense. Yeah, Right, and I think that's – the key with this team is how could good can they be defensively? I think since George has come back, um, they're fourth defensively. I don't know if that's games only when Kawhi and PG play together or just as a whole. Um, but I mean, they're like a, a top 10 defense. Um, the question is, can they, can they be top five and they, can they do that consistently? And against Dallas, you saw the upside, which is that Luca has been almost unguardable this year, but the Clippers had, you know, three guys who could really match up with him. And I think, you know, whenever Rodney Magruder was put on him, I think he did, you know, a valiant enough effort, way undersized, um, mm-hmm. as is Pat Beverly. But they can at least attempt to bother Luca. But, I mean, I think with Kawhi, PG, and Mo Harkless, they have three guys to throw at Luca, And no other team in the NBA has that. Um, right. I think the Raptors would probably be closest with Siakam, Ananobi, and I'm forgetting somebody. Um, um, but, uh, shoot. But anyway, I mean, Terrence Davis has been really good. Um, he's not quite at that level yet. But, I mean, the Raptors are probably the closest. But I don't think any team has. The Celtics. The Celtics, yeah, the Celtics to, are yeah. up there. Um, but, I mean, yeah, you just saw it. Like, Mo Harkless took, you know, long looks at, at Luka – um, PG and Kawhi got switched on him, and their ability to switch on the perimeter and just pass these guys off. RH, um, RH, uh, Ronda, Ronda Hollis Jefferson, probably. Yeah, RHJ yeah. for the yeah. Raptors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're probably the closest, them and the Celtics. Um, and it's no surprise that both those teams are, you know, among the best teams in the NBA. And I, I mean, that was just, it was a really impressive defensive performance on, on Luka. The Mavs, I'm kind of iffy on the Mavs just because. Luca is clearly a superstar and probably one of the 10 best players. I don't know if he's one of the 10 best players. He's having one of the 10 best seasons. Um, I think, again, the sample size is still pretty small. Um, but certainly so far, he's been one of the 10 best players this season. But the rest of that team is not super impressive. Um, you know, I think they're probably going to make the playoffs. I don't. And I think Luca alone is enough to make them kind of scary, but I don't really see it with them. I mean, what did you think 
about the Clippers, you know, both on Luka and kind of how they handled the rest of the roster. I'm not sold on the Mavericks at all. Um, I, I agree with you. I, I think that they're probably going to make the playoffs just with the start and how good Luka is. Luka looks like a yeah top five to ten player in the league. But Porzingis has, has looked so limited. He's just been a shooter. And we talked about this even before in last week's pod that he doesn't look like an offensive option, really, more like a stretch five. And that can't be your second best option. And the rest of their team is just liable to just suck, you know. Tim Hardaway Jr. is streaky as hell, and he, yeah. he was bad this game. And he's a terrible third option. Um and just the rest of the team is just, you know, Berea, Curry can get hot. They had decent games, but they're sieves on defense, and they can get destroyed there. Berea is coming off an Achilles injury, so he yeah. probably doesn't even have the lateral speed he had before. I know he was frisky. And, he, of course, he, like, <laughs> led a mini run by the Mavericks and the Clippers because he's J.J. Berea. But the rest of that team, I mean, it's just a lot of very flimsy role players and – you know, I know they had a game where like ten players scored in double figures, but I think that's a lot of Luca's brilliance rather than this that saying that their team is is particularly good. And Porzingis Porzingis probably needs some more time. It's unfair to judge him now and I'm sure he was great with the next. I've never really been totally sold on Porzingis as a as the guy on the team. The second guy, you know, he probably could get there, but he's not he's not close to there yet. So maybe he can get there later. I'm not I'm not sold on them. I think they'll be a fairly easy first round opponent we'll see for whoever that picks them up but um they're probably a little bit away it's a good it's a decent foundation between Luca and Porzingis but Porzingis really needs to pick up his game because he's looked very limited yeah I mean I think offensively they have some nice players you know I think DeLon Wright is a very nice player to have on your roster um Maxi Kleba very good rotational big man um, you know, Dwight Powell has his uses, but none of these guys are third or really even fourth options. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, as long as Porzingis continues to be really, truly brutal offensively, right. um, really all he can do is shoot threes right now. Um, you know, the defense is still good. Like, he's he's been a big help for them on that end. Um, but as long as he's just a shooter offensively, like, I just can't take them all that seriously. Um, though the Clippers are going to do match up with them really well. But I mean, I thought they played very well in that game. Um, you know, that was a, a really good Kawhi Leonard game. Maybe one of his best overall performances, maybe the right. best overall performance of the season. Um, I just he closed, thought he closed really well to close that game too. Yeah, he did. He just came in and he was just hitting mid range shots and the Mavericks had no answer for him. Um, you know, not necessarily his most efficient, like he only hit one three, got to the free throw line five times, so he did make all of them. But I mean, he was just killing it from mid-range. Um, Lou was spectacular. Um, he had a few couple you know, bad turnovers, but really got wherever he wanted on the court. 21-6-6 six and six off the bench. Um, yeah, Paul George good. was good. Yeah, I mean, it was, just, it was a really good win. Kawhi, um, Kawhi had this one bully move on on Finney Smith where he dunked the ball, and, like, mm-hmm. it almost seemed like Finney Smith got mad at him and, like, was ready to kind of push him off or something. And Kawhi just kind of kept his hands up for an extra five seconds. It was so, yeah. it was so Kawhi. It was just so great. It's just, like, completely just destroyed this guy. It just, like, out- overpowered him. And then he was just like, oh, God. It looked like Finney Smith was going to get a little frustrated. And Kawhi was just like, I'm just here to, I'm just here to play man and he just like kept his hands up it was really it was really great 
Yeah, Kawhi's had some nice dunks, actually. Yeah, he um, has. And this, uh, he had another poster this last game, too, yeah, which was he did. great. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kawhi's looked, you know, who would have guessed, but those three games off, I think, did a fair amount of good for him. I think he's looked a good amount better since returning mm-hmm. um, from that time off. And if the Clippers just need to give him games off here or there, even if it's multiple games in a row, I mean, obviously they should if it if it leads to him looking like this for extended periods. Right. Um, you know, they could sit him for six games before the playoffs if that'll get him you know, yeah, super really. juiced up. I mean, it, um, you know, and fans will moan and, and, you know, people complain about ratings and, you know, the integrity of the sport and whatnot. But the Clippers want to win a championship and, um, yeah, they're going to do whatever it takes to to avoid injury and to have their best guys playing well. Um, speaking of injury, we we just we discussed Jermichael Green's injury. Um, Rodney Magruder also got injured against the Mavs. It looked like he pulled a hamstring, um, which is a shame. He was playing really well. Uh, he started that game. It was his first start of the year. He's really been coming on strong lately. Uh, that's another injury that doesn't seem like it's going to keep him out for too long. But uh, hamstring injuries are notoriously tricky and tough to cut back from. So. That is something to keep an eye on. I mean, I don't think the Clippers seem too worried about it, uh, but it's really unfortunate they just cannot get healthy at the same time here. Yeah, that injury looked bad to me. I, I'm I'm glad that he's feeling better, and it yeah. sounds like he's close, but that was really concerning. And, man, um, that was a, a great observation by Mike Fratello. Fratello was, like, breaking down that he was jumping off the wrong leg and how and how it kind of affected how he, how he landed and everything. And that was just, like, some prime stuff. And Mike Fratello is my favorite color commentator from all the rotating casts. He's Absolutely. The, he's, like, by far the best. And that was, like, a great little subtle observation to people. You know, and I, I was thinking in my head, because I play a little basketball, not, not very well, but I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? He's right. That probably would put you in a place where you could get hurt and you know you don't really think about that stuff until somebody that's been coaching the game for so long mentions it to you that was a great observation it was very concerning I mean hamstring injuries are the worst normally it keeps you out weeks um I'd be surprised to see him back anytime like this week uh hopefully I I don't think the Clippers really need to rush him back um he's very useful Mm -hmm. uh he's a great you know eighth ninth man to have but the Clippers don't you know, need him for the regular season. I think in the playoffs, you know, being able to give him even 12 minutes a game is really nice. Um, but right now, I don't think, you know, they're not going to lose games because they don't have Rodney Mugger, or at least probably not. Um, right. But, you know, we can talk a little bit about the guys who replaced him, which is Jerome Robinson and Terrence Mann. Um, I think on the whole, you know, surprise, surprise, a man has probably impressed me more, or at right. least I think he's just more useful for what the Clippers are looking for. Um, even though Jerome has played much better on defense and he looks more confident offensively, um, the numbers are uglier than I thought, actually, with Jerome. <laughs> I just looked at them. He's shooting 38% from the field, um, 37% from three, which is not bad. And getting to the line 0.5 times a game, shooting 62.5% from the line, um, assisted turnover ratio slightly over, you know, one-to-one. Really, the numbers are not great. I think the eye test says he looks a lot more confident and just better this year. Um, But it's, 
still uh, clear he's he's a pretty bit big step down from you know even Rodney Magruder. Yeah, he's he's definitely not a rotation player on this playoff team. He looks better though. He looks. I haven't even looked at the stats because I know he's not shooting particularly well. Yeah, but he looks more confident. He's handling the ball better. He's running plays better. Um, he looks better. So that's that's uh, positive. I, I love Terrence Mann. I feel like defensively he's become better as the season's gone along um, and a little more attuned to what's going on. So that's really good. Um, and he's just. You know, once he shows a little bit more willingness to get, shoot those shots that he's being given, even yeah. if they're mid-range, he's going to be a very useful NBA player, and he'll be a rotation guy. So he's he's exciting to watch, and it's nice to see him get some extended minutes. He's had some nice plays. In that Memphis game, he had a great steal at the end of the third quarter and a dunk um, that was awesome. Um, that really helps because the Clippers stunk to start the fourth quarter. So Mm -hmm. every little bit that they got in that game where they only won by two points is really helpful. So I I like Terrence Mann more than Jerome, but that doesn't mean that Jerome isn't getting better. So, yeah, I mean, I think Jerome has taken a pretty clear step forward this year. Um, At the same time with, with Magruder and um, Landry Shaman healthy. I mean, neither of those guys should be in the rotation. Um, Right. And I don't think they will be. So, but yeah, I mean, I think both those guys have given the Clippers, you know, perfectly solid, you know, serviceable minutes. Um, Man, like you said, has impressed. I think his high points have been higher than Jerome's outside of that one, you know, performance, as you mentioned, in, in basically a garbage time game against the Hawks. I think right. Man has flashed those athletic and, you know, kind of instinctual abilities to get these big steals and finishing transition. Um and it's just it's it's just his moments of highs are very impressive, um, but yeah, I mean I think both those guys have really stepped up quite nicely with Shamit out and now with McGrew out, um, and if the Clippers can give them you know ten to fifteen minutes a game and not really suffer for it, that's that's really good news. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean I don't know if I really have that much else to say on a broad scale. I think you know this week was a solid week. You know they went three and one. That Spurs loss was tough, but again, like these things happen. Uh, you know, overall, I think they're sitting quite well. They're 15 and six despite missing Paul George for the first, you know, half of this season thus far. Um, Kawhi set out for, you know, six or seven games by now. Um, you know, Landry Shamlet's been out. McGruder's missed time. Uh, you know, Jermichael Green might miss a little bit of time. Considering that, I mean, I think 15 and six is, is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're better than I thought they'd be right now, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think they're getting compared to, you know, the Lakers and the Bucks and, and all these other teams. But I think just on their own internal timeline, I think they're ahead of schedule. Um, this week, they have a, a pretty light week in terms of games. Um, just three. They play tomorrow, home against Portland. Then they go on the road for a, probably their longest or tied for the longest road trip of the year. Starts off extremely difficult at Milwaukee before uh, getting a nice little break <laughs> going against the Wizards again, though. Um, mm-hmm. It will be on the road. So, you know, all teams are more dangerous on the road. And, you know, the Wizards do have that explosive offense. And then Indiana, Toronto, Minnesota, Chicago. Uh, really, you know, Milwaukee and Toronto are going to be extremely tough games. Yep. Um, but outside of that, I, I think they should win the rest of those. Yeah. Um, this upcoming week, I mean, I think predicting a win at Milwaukee is really tough. Um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> the Bucks are the best team in the NBA right now. 
Um, are you going to do it? Are you going to make Rafa proud of you? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think they're going to beat Milwaukee. I can't predict yeah. that. Um, two, two and one. I mean, I'm certainly not ruling them out. I mean, I think the Clippers absolutely could win Milwaukee. And, they, and they'd be very rested, so they'll yeah, have a couple I mean, of games time off. off. Like, I mean, Kawhi should be a full go. Uh, Jermichael Green, if he doesn't play tomorrow, should certainly be back for Friday. Um, right. You know, it's possible Magruder is back by then. Um, I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt Shaman is back either. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say this week 2-1. and one. If we want to include Monday – at Indiana um, as well, because I don't know when we might be recording next week. Um, mm. We probably record after the, that Wizards game, maybe. It's yeah. an early game. Yeah, probably. Um, I, that's probably when we'll go, just in case. Um, you know, Indiana is pretty solid. Kind of um, a tough game. Second night of a back-to-back. I'd say they win, though. I think they can win that one. So I'll say either 2-1 and one if you don't count that one, 3-1 and one if you do. Yeah, 2-1. and one. I'm guessing... Kawhi will sit out the Wizards game, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, three and one, if you include that two and one otherwise, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I don't think I really have too much else. There wasn't any really big news this week um, regarding the Clippers. I think, you know, there were no real developments outside of those injuries we already talked about. Um, I mean, the, the NBA continues to kind of sort itself into shape a little bit. I think there's a pretty clear top tier developing um, and then, you know, solid playoff teams. And then the bottom is, is bottoming out. Um, the Knicks lost by 40 something tonight. But, Yeesh, geez. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is grisly. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, the Clippers are one of the best teams in the NBA. I think the Bucks are probably the top right now, uh, but I think the Clippers are certainly up there with the Nuggets, the Lakers, um, the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Raptors in that next tier. If I forgot anybody, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they're right in that second tier of teams um, right now. And I mean, I think you could argue the Bucks aren't really that far ahead. So no, I can't yeah, remember. So- the, I can't remember the last time we won in Milwaukee. I feel like we've lost pretty consistently for a handful of years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this this could be the week they do it. I don't know. It, it'll be tough, but I mean. I can't believe that game is not on national TV. Yeah, crazy, right? If they're all the complaining about Kawhi missing the one in LA. Yeah, so, no, you don't yeah. put yeah Friday night, you know, Clipper. I I just I don't get it. Um, yeah. But uh, tomorrow will be a TNT game. Hopefully, they destroy the Blazers. Um, and I um, like Mellow. I can't um, I can't listen to more Mellow stuff, man. Yeah, I'm I'm already <laughs> tired of it. And it's funny because like I think. I truly think the NBA is, is like better and more fun when Melo is involved. Cause I really like Melo. He's had, you know, a hall of fame career. Um, anybody who says he shouldn't be in the hall of fame. Like I just, I cannot deal with that. Um, but just, there's already been so much after like three, not even amazing games, just like three good games. You got player of the week, player of the week and just all this talk and, these tweets saying he might be an all-star and it's oh just my gosh that's enough i'm just i, I can't deal it. with it so i hope the clippers wreck the blazers tomorrow. yeah yeah um but yeah do you have anything else before we go to tour questions no i really hope i really hope that game is an easy win but we'll see uh, we can go to twitter questions all right sounds good so first question from good friend and uh locked on raptors host sean woodley oh. how does it feel to be inferior to Kawhi's old team um <laughs> Uh, you know, 
I don't know if they're inferior. Um, the Raptors are probably the better team right now, just on a night-to-night basis. Um, I mean, I think the Clippers would win in a playoff series, but um, the Raptors being this good, I mean, I thought they'd be quite good. Uh, but them being this good, especially without Kyle Lowry, is is pretty shocking to me. Um, yeah, yeah, the Raps are really good. One and zero though. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that game next week in Toronto is going to be crazy. That's, that's going to be a great. That's going to be so yeah. much fun. Gosh, it, it really is. I'm I don't really think I don't know that. if anybody will will have more of an ovation coming back to a former team that as Kawhi. Kawhi is so loved out there. It's going to be fun. I'm excited for him, especially after the crap he dealt with in San Antonio. So Yeah, that was, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if the Clippers are, are inferior <laughs> to Kawhi's old team, um, but the Raptors are, are really good. And, and I love, I love the Raps. The Raps are yeah. like my, my, probably my favorite East team right now, just to watch from a basketball perspective. I love watching them. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think even going back to when they had, you know, DeRozan and they were kind of Clippers East with the playoff failures. Yeah. I, I always felt sympathy, you know, empathy for the Raps, I guess. And, um, I mean, it was great to watch them win last year, even though it seemed like it might take away Kawhi from the Clippers. It was it was really impossible to root against them. Uh, Kyle Lowry is one of my favorite NBA players. Um, Pascal Siakam, what he's done is the year-over-year growth is just ridiculous. Um so yeah, I mean, I'm that it'll be a really fun game, and um, you know, I'm I'm probably still rooting for the Raptors uh, to come out of the East again. Um, it would be crazy if it was a Raptors um, <laughs> Clippers finals. Um, there's a long way to go to get there, but um, that would be something. Um, next question from uh, Giannis uh, Val Giannis uh, at Illegal Screens, who has written for uh, Clips Nation in the past. Um, about draft prospects. Uh, give me your thoughts on the Calvin Gelly tenure, given he died in their last G League game on that J- Jeremy Parko dunk. Uh, I did see that. Um, B kind of got wrecked, um, <laughs> which wasn't great. I'm um, looking this up right now. I haven't seen it. Keep going. Uh, but um, Fee is fun. You know, I'm not sure how good he's ever going to be, but. Uh, he's going to be one of those guys who's going to be around the NBA for a while uh, because he can do some stuff and because he seems like an awesome teammate um, and plays really hard. And uh, yeah, I love that he just comes into games and chucks. It's incredible. All right. I'm watching this live. <laughs> this clip. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. He got wrecked. Oh um, yeah. He got wrecked. At least Fee went for it. Yeah, he really he goes yeah. after it. Like he he is not afraid to try to be on somebody's poster. Like that will never be an Man, issue for him. Is there not a better camera angle of this? This sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Um, oh, that's pretty rough. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Nice um, but I I really like Fee. I enjoy him. Um, you know, I talked with him at summer league. Great guy. Um, and you know what? I really wish more young guys would just chuck when they come into the games in garbage time. I hate it when veterans do that because it's like, come on, just let some young guy take their shot. But I love that he just comes in and gets three shots up in like a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, which he pretty much did last game. Yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's going to be – he's going to have – a rotational spot in the league just with that shot. So whether yeah. or not he becomes a quality player depends on how much he evolves within the team scheme and within and defensively. He's got size, so 
Um, I would say he could resurrect his career after this Pargo dunk. So hopefully that can happen. <laughs> He's got skills though. So I, yeah. and I know some of my friends who watch the Clippers, like they're really pining for Fita to get some time just because no. of his ability to stretch. No. But uh, he's not going to get he it this year, but ready. in the future, He's maybe. not remotely ready. Yeah. Um, but that shot is really good. For sure. Um, next question from Charbel Ray at C. Draby. We keep hearing that the offense is still figuring itself out and that the team is still learning how to play together on that end of the floor. When do you think that the team will unlock that offensive potential and how deadly do you think it can be in comparison to the defense? Um, that's interesting. I mean, I think I think the team will need more time. I mean, I think really the offense won't be complete until Shamit is back. Um, we don't know when that will be. It'll take time to reintegrate him back in. Um, I think PG and Kawhi, like as Doc keeps saying, we said it like five times already, they still have not practiced together on the same team. And you know, practice as crazy it is still matters in the NBA. <laughs> These guys do need to practice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, I mean, I think, I think there's, they need more time. Like I know 21 games have passed, but they have 61 more games to figure it out. I'm not particularly worried. And I think offensively they could be more deadly than on defense um, because they do rely heavily on Lou Williams. Who's, going to be a minus defensively and Montres Harrell who in a lot of matchups will be a minus. So I think while the right lineups are terrifying defensively, I think offensively they're, they're a more well-rounded team. Yeah. It's going to be exciting, particularly um, when we're completely healthy and we have Shamit to <laughs> beasting off these double teams. I think there was like an ESPN headline with Kevin Arnovitz, who's one of my favorite people writing that's ever written about the Clippers on it saying, is it good that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard haven't practiced together, like, secretly? No, it's it's not. They should practice together. Like, practice is important. Um, and you can tell. Like, you can tell especially that these guys just aren't used to playing with each other yet. It's kind of interesting, uh, the potential for the Clippers' offense, because when things run through Kawhi, they're, so, they're such a slow-it-down, you know, pound-the-floor type of team. Whereas when he's off the floor, or even just when they're just running – you can really see the Clippers kind of unlo- unlocked in transition. Yeah. Hell, they kind of did it like in mini spurts against the Celtics and against the Rockets, just kind of making things up on the fly, uh, aside from that last Kawhi mid-range shot that won that game against the Rockets. So you can really see like just there, even just on transition and kind of improvising how good their instincts are. But yeah, when this team plays long enough together, it's going to be it's going to be awesome to see their potential offensively. Shamit is a huge part of that. Yeah, they need to wait for Shamit to get back. On the other hand, I mean, you know, the Hawks and Wizards are both really bad defensively. They are. Still, the Clippers have dropped 150 points two times already. Um, you know, they've already shown how potent they can be offensively. Right. Um, next question from Alfredo Rodriguez at Wamey Giveaway. Uh, Rui posted, Hachimura posted a career-high 30 points versus Clippers yesterday. Uh, what's your take on Hachimura and Japan basketball in general? Uh, Yuta Watanabe is on a two-way with Grizzlies and Yudai Baba, I think that's how you pronounce that, is with Mavs G League affiliate Texas Legends. Um, I don't have that much to take on Japanese basketball. I, I can't say I know enough about it. I mean, I think it's cool that representation is going up. Um, yeah. Certainly, like, the more international flavor in the NBA to me, the better. Um, 
you know, I love having players from all over the world and having people, different backgrounds, different cultures. I think that's, you know, one of the cool parts about the NBA compared to like, say the NFL. Um, but I can't, I can't say too much about Japanese basketball in general, uh, specifically, you know, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm pretty down on Rui, to be honest. Um, you know, I do think he can score. I worry about his shot. I worry about his feel for the game in terms of uh, playmaking because he can bully guys in the post, but he's just a step, like a read slow, making plays um, and the defense, like I mentioned. But, I mean, he can score, no doubt. I think the Kawhi comparisons were just way off um, because the defense and positions is completely different. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll he'll have a nice NBA career. I mean, I think – you know, certainly like Jabari Parker is a decent comp. Um, Rudy, Gay, like a less athletic Rudy Gay, maybe. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, he can absolutely score a ton of points in the NBA. Yeah, I, I like Rui. Um, I wasn't too into the draft as far as like where he should go. He When I heard about him in the draft uh, from some, you know, draft boards and such like that that had their, their predictions for where people would get picked. Um, that's where I really found out about him. And then I just saw some highlights and he looks good and yeah, I want him to be good. It'd be cool if he was good. I like, I like representation. Um, I love how diverse the league is and having relevant Japanese players would be super, super cool. Um, so I hope he does well. I'll be, I'll be rooting for him. I don't know anything about those other two players. If I'm being totally honest. Yeah. I do a lot of Abe what's on the Grizzlies last year. I think on a two way deal um, stats were pretty brutal. I think, when I watched him play, I was like, I thought he was kind of had some interesting tools. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think international basketball is super cool. Um, yeah. So yeah. Final question from Aussie clip fan at fan underscore clip. What do you think is going to happen with Trez this off season and what trade deadline moves do you see us making? If any um, trade deadline moves, I mean, at this point, I think I saw a stat that this is actually the longest the NBA has gone without a trade. Wow. 60 years. Jeez. Wow. There's just no movement right now. Um, and I mean, I'm sure it'll pick up eventually, but right now, like, I don't think there are even rumors. Like, every once in a while, there will be something like, you know, Spurs might be looking to trade DeMar DeRozan. It's like, yeah, I mean, he's going to be a free agent. Like, they're not very good. He owns, they owe him a ton of money. Like, you know, this is not really news. Um yeah, I mean, the trade market seems completely dead. I really couldn't predict anything. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think they really would make anything significant. I mean, if they do make anything, I guess it would be for, like, a backup point guard or a backup big man. Um, but I mean, right now, I really honestly can't see them making a move. Trez this offseason is going to be fascinating because he's going to make a ton of money. Um And I wonder if the Clippers are going to give it to him because as much as they love him and they love Trez, I think they are aware of his weaknesses. um, And I just don't know. I'm guessing they have a price limit. And I just wonder, I wonder if um, that got succeeded by some other team this summer. Yeah, it's tough with Trez. I want to keep him. And but he, I think he's gonna get almost. A, he's pro, he's probably gonna get near a max contract from somebody, and that's a lot of money for somebody who's still an undersized center who can get bullied in the in the paint 
at times and, and often, and isn't a great rebounder really. Um, and you know, Jermichael actually covers some of his efficiencies, but Jermichael's going to get paid too. So it's, um, kind of, kind of tough. I would w- probably lean towards that. I think the Clippers might just keep him, and he might just stay and they might just say, screw it. Particularly if they win a title, how can you let him go then? Um, but it's kind of tough. It's a tough situation because I'm not like, oh, yeah, we're going to match Trez. No, no big deal. Done, done, done. I haven't looked at the salary cap ramifications particularly just yet, but I, I'm assuming it won't be particularly favorable if we max out Trez um, as far as our ability uh, for some wiggle room in the future. A good thing is, you know, we'll be able to we, – we have – which of Michael's bird rights, so we can probably go quite a bit over to keep him. But then I don't know how much of salary cap hell we'll be in by that point. So it's it's kind of tricky. Plus, Mo Harkless is coming off the books too, and he's proving to be a particularly valuable part of the team as well. So there's going to be some some things to decide in the offseason. Lou Williams will have one more year in his deal, so it's a good thing. At dirt, dirt cheap, $8 million. Gosh, what a steal. So – it's tough. It's not just as clean and dry as like sign him, give him his money, move on. It's a little tricky. I think I'm leaning towards that the Clippers might just say screw it and bite the bullet. But I have to look at the salary cap stuff for that. Yeah, I mean, I think it, that's probably what I'd lean to as well. I think that it's also something where like I think he's going to want to get paid, but I think he might also take a discount of sorts to stay with the yeah, Clippers. Slight. Like, <laughs> they will still need to pay to keep him. Um, of course, but I think, you know, he might take somewhat less to stay with the Clippers than to go elsewhere. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd say I'd lean towards them keeping him, but nothing would really surprise me, especially with this front office. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's all the questions we have. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much else to say. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I think the Clippers are playing mostly, you know, pretty fun basketball right now. Uh, the Spurs loss was tough. Um, Memphis game was a little ugly, but overall, I mean, the past couple weeks has been a step up from, you know, a lot of the early part of the season. And yeah, I mean, I'm really ready for this Bucks game. And then after that, the Raptors game, there's some really good uh, games coming up. Yeah. I'm really excited for that game. Um, I think we'll probably lose, but if it's a tight game, if it's a fun game, if we win somehow, that'll be a real opportunity for the Clippers to show what they've got against the cream of the crop and with this full team even. So that's going to be a fun game. I think that'll do it for this episode of Lob the Jam, the podcast. As always, leave us a nice review and wherever you listen to us too. And as always, go Clippers!